0: one month and What it means is this, is that you're looking for your life to the So, of, so what if I only had 30 days left to live? So not necessarily the morbid part of that, I know, I know that usually comes across a little bit morbid, but more the dramatic side of it, but more the focus of it. That if you only had 30 days, what would you do? What would be important? What wouldn't be important? And what if you looked at your life that way, as Jesus did? understanding that one day he would die. And so we've been looking at some principles from the life of Jesus. And today we're going to talk about one that I think is interesting, um, which is to learn humbly. I never thought about God learning. Of course, he doesn't learn like we do. But here's what it means. In fact, you can write this reference down. I don't have it up here on the screen. But I just want to share it with you. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 8 says this. Son, though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once they... Perfect, he became the source of eternal life for all who obey him. It's talking about Jesus. And it's saying he learned obedience from suffering. And that doesn't mean that he learned. God knows everything. It doesn't mean that. What it means is he demonstrated the way to live. He demonstrated that by demonstrating that he was obedient even in suffering. And for some of us, maybe that's how our life feels. And today I want to kind of look at how do we do that. How do we look at life through the lens that Jesus has being that he understands exactly how we feel. And for some of us, here's how our life has been. Maybe you can relate to this. That our life has went through a series of events went our life has been great and and we had all these dreams and if you're younger, maybe you still are but, but for those of us that aren't younger, you're going, My life took a turn and when I took a turn, I hit one of these. Anybody had this happen to you? Uh, Anybody feel like that today? It's like, this is how my life turned out. It's like I tried, and this is what happened to me, and now I don't know if I want to try again because life hurts. My life hurts right now, or it doesn't make sense, or I didn't see that coming. I was blindsided by it, and either I'm not back in the game or I'm still kind of broke up over what happened here, right? Because when you run into a brick wall, it, it hurts, don't it? And today we want to talk about what, what is that about? And some of us, I have a feeling, what we're saying is the same thing I've said in my life, which is, God, why did you let this happen? And today I want to kind of answer that question carefully, because I understand that as we answer that question, it's painful, right? You be careful. Don't you try to don't you try to tell me what God does for my life. I would never tell you why God has allowed the things in your life that He has. Only to say this, that He does have a purpose, and I believe there's a pattern found in His Word that we're going to look at today that maybe He just might have some perspective for you today, that maybe you've been going along going, none of this makes sense, and today might be an aha moment, you know what I mean, where, where the light bulb goes off for the first time and you realize that not only did He do it on purpose, but there's a pattern that He wants you to follow that could change your life. <laughs> I think somebody might do So we're going to take a look at a character in the Bible, one of my favorite characters. We've covered him before. But, but maybe just a little bit different twist, maybe a little bit different things we want to pull out of it today. Um, but my fav, one of my favorite characters in the Bible, he had this. He, he, His life was going amazing, and then he had a crash. He had a crash that about turned him upside down, changed his whole life, and he, and he didn't think he could go on. And uh, today we're going to find out what happened to him, and I think what happened to him could happen to us. If it could happen for him, it could happen for us. And that's why I like this character similar. So if you want to turn with me in the Bible, we're going to take a look. Matthew chapter 4, Matthew chapter 4 and verse 19. We'll have it up here on the screen. You have it in your outlines or follow along me in your Bible with Bible apps. Lots of ways to do this. Okay, Matthew 4, verse 19. Jesus was walking along the beach when he first started his ministry, and he said this. He said, come follow me. In fact, if there's something I would like you to circle today, I'd like you to just circle that word if you don't get anything else today, I want you to get this, because he says it more than once, and I want to highlight some of those times that he says it. He says, come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. And at once, they left their nets and followed him. If you want to know who it was, you need to go back and read your Bible. If If you want to know who it is, it's Peter and Andrew, Peter, the first one that he called. That's who we want to talk about today. This was an amazing day in the life of Peter. I don't know if you've ever had a moment like this, but where Jesus walked into his life seemingly like just a normal day, a day that wasn't special. He wasn't necessarily doing anything special, and yet this teacher, this rabbi, came and called him to be with him, but yet he's more than a rabbi. He might be Messiah. And in those days, it wasn't unusual for rabbis to select an inner circle where they'd walk around and say, hey, you can come follow me. So don't think that was so odd. You know, like, it would be kind of odd today if I came up to you and said, hey, come follow me. <laughs> You're like, where, to lunch or what's on? What's your deal, right? <laughs> yeah. You know. but in those days, it wasn't so unusual for a teacher to do that. And they kind of heard about him. Maybe they didn't really know who he was, but, but they knew enough to go. They left everything they had and went to follow him. They were fishermen. And they left that. Imagine that your dream job for some of so many people, that would be your dream job, fishing all day. That's your job, right? I mean, would be awesome. <laughs> Maybe not today, right, when it's cold. But, but you go, man, that would be awesome. But then they left everything to come and follow Jesus. And, and through that journey, in fact, that's what I want to tell you, is the first part of the process that God has for you oftentimes is this, number one, that God calls, that God calls. You see that Jesus on the beach with, with an open hand, and you're like, wow, there he is. I don't know if you've experienced that, but it's like as if as if life was just going along, and all of a sudden, hey, he called you this, and now my life is different. Or your life was horrible, and then you started following Jesus, and all of a sudden it got better. And that's what happened for Peter. It's like, hey, I was just an ordinary fisherman. I I used to curse a lot. In fact, that's what they knew about Peter. And that's who I was. You know what I mean? I, I had this I had this rough lifestyle. I'm the oldest of the ones that he called. But as he followed Jesus, he found out Jesus is the real deal. He didn't know that. He didn't know nothing. He was an educated man. He just found out that, hey, Jesus called me, and I get to be part of this amazing thing, and he does miracles, and wherever we go, guess what it feels like? We're rock stars. I mean, when Jesus walked into a town, thousands of people came in ancient times. I don't know how to describe that today. It's as if you walked into an arena with 100,000 people. That's what it would be like today. And, and, and Jesus being the center, and they're going, I want to be close to you because you're close to Jesus. That's what it felt like. So his life got really better following Jesus. And some of you, you understand because that's how it was for you. It's like my life used to be like this maybe not 100,000 people chanting your name, but, but you would walk in, and, and now your life is different, and you can kind of see it when the people's lives change. And there's this enthusiasm that comes, especially when you first follow in Jesus. And then some incredible things happen in Peter's life, some big moments. Um, in fact, I want to make sure you write it down. God's learning process, this is what we're going to talk about today. God's learning process, the first part is this, that God calls. I don't want you to think that this is the only time this process works. Like, hey, you just took the life of Peter, and it's the only time. If you look at Moses, what came first to call? If you look at the life of David, what came first? They, they anointed him king as a teenager. Now, he wasn't king yet. There, there's a whole process to go through. But the first part of the process is God seemingly calling someone that isn't ready.
1: <laughs>
0: God calling somebody. God coming into somebody's life that that, that, that that there's no reason why you pick this guy. That's what it looks like. But God has a reason. And he puts a calling. A lot of times he puts a vision. You look at the life of Joseph, and you see a vision that comes first. Your brothers and your brothers and everybody is going to bow down to you. The whole world's going to bow down to you, Joseph. He wasn't ready for that, but it what happened. And then in the life of Peter... The same thing is true. Come follow me, Peter. Peter's not really ready. I tell you something. God's probably done that in your life. You, you might have had an experience. Maybe you haven't. That's okay. What it means is you could have this experience. This is a great moment. Don't don't take anything away from it. It's like when people get engaged. They have no idea what marriage is about, right? I do premarital, so it's just funny. You know, they come and you're like, you have no idea what life is about to be like, right? But you're in love, and you're excited, and you just love it. And that's what it feels like. And that's what it feels like when you come to Jesus. You have no idea what your life's really going to be like, right, Christians? But this moment, don't take away from it, right? Because there's nothing like when you first get together. There's nothing like when Jesus first comes into your life. So I don't want to take anything away from it. I just want you to see it's not the end of the process. It's the beginning. Okay. Big moment in the life of Peter. They've been going for a while, and Jesus has gathered several huge crowds. And Jesus asked this question, Matthew chapter 16, verse 15. He says, but, but what about you, he asked, who do you say that I am? Okay, so he had asked them, he said, let me ask you a question. You're hanging out with all these people and we're, we're in these big crowds. Who, who do people say that I am? And you got to be pretty confident to ask that question because what I found is is <laughs> you could ask that question and they're saying nothing. You know, Hey, what are people saying about us? Nothing. <laughs> they don't even know who you are. They said, who's John? You know, that kind of thing. But with Jesus, he knew he was a lightning rod. Everywhere he went, people were talking about him. They loved him. They hated him. They, some of them wanted to kill him. Some of them wanted to make him king. You get the picture? So he's like, who do they say I am? They say you're, you're the Messiah. They say you're a good prophet. They say you're John the Baptist. Come back reincarnated. Okay, what? <laughs> yeah, there's crazy people out there, too. <laughs> so you get the picture. And then he says, hey, who do you say that I am? And immediately Peter speaks up and says, verse 16, Simon Peter answered, you are Messiah. That. You are Messiah, the son of the living God. This is a defining moment in the life of Peter. He did something. Peter did something great. You got the right answer, Peter. You're amazing. In fact, Jesus was so amazed by it. Verse 17, he says this. Jesus replied, blessed are you. Blessed are you. Underline that. You ever had that happen to you? Your life be blessed. You have a big moment, and it's like, wow, I did something great. I said something great. I understand that sometimes as a pastor. Every now and then somebody comes to you and goes, wow, that was awesome. This God spoke directly to me. God's words coming out of your mouth. Sometimes you're not ready for it, though. They're saying it, and you're going, I said that. No, you didn't. God did. And he's saying, you're saying what's right. You're not really ready for it yet, Peter. But here's the thing I know. You're blessed because you just said you got this. God got to use your mouth for the first time. <laughs> You said a lot of stupid things, too, Peter, but anyway, we didn't get it. Jesus replied, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for this is what was not revealed by your flesh and blood, but by my Father in heaven. See what, you see what I mean by that? Be careful what you're saying here. It's not great, Peter. This has been revealed to you from God. Your mouth was used by God today for the first time, Peter, because you've said a lot of dumb things. <laughs> so we know it ain't you. We know you're not that great. But we know what just happened in your mouth is God using you, which is awesome. Not only did he do a great act, but here's what happened to him, verse 18. And I tell you, you are Peter. See, his name wasn't Peter. His name was Simon. What's wrong with Simon? Nothing. But I'm going to give you a new name, Peter. And on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome. I'll let the King James Version, the gates of hell not prevail. Isn't it? You, you just did a great thing, and Jesus said, you're 100% right. God gave you that word, Peter. You're speaking as if you're speaking the words of God coming out of your mouth. That's a big day. But not only that, I'm going to change your name to the rock. Isn't it? That's what Peter means. And upon this rock, upon this confession, upon what came out of your mouth today, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell, the system of Satan, will not stand against that. Those people that are locked in bondage, those people that are not saved, those people that are lost and dead, and they think there's no hope, that's what I'm going to build my church on. I'll kick in the gates of hell on that stage. That's a pretty good day, right? I mean, that's amazing. Please don't take away from that, because maybe you've had a moment like that in your life. And as we move through this process, please don't discount those big moments in your life. Because what's about to occur could almost make this moment diminish, but it doesn't. When you, when you look at it all laid out, make sure you don't diminish these early moments. But I have a feeling some people are going to need a perspective because you could very easily miss the point. You're going to think this call, this moment is the end result, and it is not. It is just the beginning. The call comes first. The big moments come first. The enthusiasm happens first. It's awesome. Just like dating comes first and then marriage. But by the way, the wedding day isn't the marriage, right? The wedding is a big celebration. That's what this is like. That's what it's like for you. And if you're not careful, you're going to miss the process that God has for you to develop you into the person that he wants you to be, to develop you into the faith that he wants you to have. Let me tell you what comes next. We'll skip down to verse 21. He says some other things. And then verse 21 in Matthew chapter 16, he says this, From that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples. I'd like you to underline that. Jesus began to explain to them. Now now here's Jesus, who is God, who spoke and the universe came into existence. And now he is in human form speaking to them, and he's, about to, he's explaining to them what every, all, everything is all about. Listen to that, because I think he's doing the same for us. Jesus began to explain to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders and the chief priests and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed, and on the third day he would be raised to life. Uh, can I tell you something about life? You see what, you, what you're... To see. Does that make sense? I don't know if that makes sense. I used to be a flooring person. So the first thing I notice in a room, can you guess what that is? Yeah. Now, Alvin, I don't know if he's in here, but anyway, I can talk about Alvin since he's not in here. Alvin is a roof guy. You know what he sees? So we walk in a room, we see different things. Construction people do that, you know? <laughs> he looks at the roof, he looks at the ceiling. So if I walk into a room, I say, Oh, that's what it is. You see what you are, what you're kind of, your paradigm of life. And Jesus is bursting their paradigm. They are not expecting what he says. What? Why are you saying this? Because, see, we thought you were going to be king. Well, I am. But first, I'm going to the cross. What? They didn't know that. And he said it. He, I don't know necessarily was the first time he said it. It might be, but they weren't listening. Can I tell you something? Jesus is explaining some stuff in your life you don't get it. He's saying it, but you don't get it. You, you you might not get the process that he's talking about here today. And that, and can I tell you why I know that? Because you're so confused. You're saying, what is God doing? Anybody saying that? If you are, you don't get his process. Because Peter didn't get it either. Let me tell you how I know Peter didn't get it, because here's what Peter did, verse 22. Peter took, a, took him aside and began to rebuke him. <laughs> can you underline that, rebuke? Jesus, Peter, took Jesus aside. Can we laugh now? I mean, (laughs) Peter took God aside and said, you don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Now, this is not weeks later. This is in the same conversation. You're the rock, and now you rebuke Jesus because you think you're so great, because you've got so many great ideas. Let me give you an idea for the day, Jesus. Hello? God, let me give you an idea. I need your idea. I need your idea for the day. You think I don't know all the days? You think I wasn't there? I am, I was, I am to come. And you think you need to tell me? It's stupid. Well, let me ask you how many of us are stupid? How many of us are instructing God saying, I have a better way than you? God, I can't believe you put me here. God, I can't believe you're saying you're going to die. God, we're popular. What are you talking about? This isn't good for anybody. If they kill you, they might kill me. You get it? That doesn't sound very good. Never, Lord, you said. But not only that, you got to understand his heart. This will never happen to you. You know why it's not going to happen to you, Jesus? You see, what Peter's doing is, and there, and there is kind of, you got to be careful with putting him down. Because I don't think his heart was just about himself. He's going, you're my friend. And by the way, Peter biologically was older than Jesus. Okay? Not that Jesus was always, always what? don't think I'm saying Harrison. But, but what I'm saying is that, that Peter was biologically older than Jesus, so he was coming aside like I've been listening to you for a long time, Jesus, and now here's the big brother coming along, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some advice. Okay, I've I've listened long enough, and I've heard all everything you got to say, and I'm gonna give you some street smarts that I have, Peter. Okay? and my street smarts is this: I ain't gonna let that happen. You're my friend. See, Peter's all heart, and he rebukes Jesus. Here's what. rebukes Jesus verse 23. He says, Jesus turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan. You want to underline that? Get behind me, Satan. You, you are a stumbling block to me, and you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. You want to underline that? One moment you're Peter the rock. The next minute you're who? Satan. Not, not Peter. It is what he said. What you said is Satan, because you're not thinking about what God. You're not listening, Peter. You don't get it. You see, here's God's process. Number one, God calls you. Number two is what happens to Peter here. Trust me, some of you guys will get this. The wall. Huh? You had to happen. You're going along great. <laughs> You've seen miracles. You, you, your life is blessed. God has come into your life and done amazing things, and all of a sudden it comes to a screeching halt. You're wrong. You're Satan. God's not with me right now. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. What what is going on here? What I want you to understand is the wall begins. When you get hit and when you get blindsided, it begins with wrong thinking, wrong expectations. That's the problem. And it's just the Life tends to do that, don't it? When you hit a wall in life, it's like, I didn't see that coming. What was that about? Why did this have to happen? God, what are you thinking? Right? Anybody say that? Jesus is trying to explain, and we're correcting. And he's going, you're not listening. You're not understanding. And you have in mind, and Jesus is explaining. By the way, he doesn't hear it. You probably haven't either. And it may take you more than today to hear this, as it is me, as we're still processing this. It took Peter a long time to process this one, and he really didn't get it when Jesus said it as maybe you won't either. Verse 24. Then Jesus said to his disciples, disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple, you want to underline that? My disciple. You want to know what it means to be my disciple? You must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. My disciple, cross, oh wait a minute, follow me. Do you hear that? At the beginning, it was what? Come follow me. You don't know anything. You're, you're, You're ignorant. Okay? You're just following Jesus because he can do cool things. I follow Jesus because my life is better, because he makes my life better, and he does magic tricks, and he makes my life better. That's why I follow Jesus. That's why That's why they were following Jesus. Now he's getting real. He's saying, you want to know what it means to be a disciple? You're going to the cross. Oh, wait a minute. Well, no. We've seen crucifixions. See, we haven't, but they have. And they're going, I don't think so. If you want to look it up, look up what real crucifixion is like. And you go, no, I don't think I want to sign up for that. And then he says, you won't be my disciple? This is where it leads. I don't want Peter to hear any misunderstanding about where it is. This is a wall, because he's going, I didn't hear that. I just heard, you know what Peter heard? Peter's not hearing what this is about. He's going, Peter, you're messed up, because if I don't go to the cross, what will happen? We know. He didn't. Wall. See, and all he heard was Jesus calling Satan. I know, because that's how I'm thinking. All he heard was the criticism. He didn't hear another word that came out of Jesus' mouth that day. I guarantee it. Because Jesus said this, and, and the night before Jesus was betrayed, he didn't get it. He didn't hear it. He went, I don't know what you're talking about. I know you're mad at me, but I don't know why. Anybody feel that way? I know you're mad at me, God, but I don't know why you're irritated. God's not mad. He's correcting thoughts. He's correcting behaviors. And this wall is an important piece of the process. So if you hit a wall, you're right where you should be you never heard a church say that, huh? Because <laughs> we're all about breaking walls down and, and being free and having all this stuff, and yet, every person that God has ever used hits a wall. every Bible story I've read, they hit a the wall. Wrong thinking leads to wrong actions, though, see? And it, 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 this is why the wall takes so long in the, most of our lives. Before going to the cross, Peter did the same thing. It's it, he, he comes and he says, Jesus explains to them again this very thing. This is a long time later. And Jesus explains before the night when they're sitting at the Lord's Supper, he starts to tell them, I'm going to die on the cross for the sins of the world. And shortly they're going to come, the betrayer's going to come, and I'm going to die. And they're completely confused. Now, why are they confused when he plainly said this is what's going to happen? Because they never heard it. Get it? They, never, they weren't listening. Their paradigm was, I'm looking at the floor and I'm looking at the ceiling. You, you get the idea? Okay, you get the idea. And Peter says, you know, I don't care if everybody falls away from me. I will never do it. You can write these verses down. I don't have them on the screen. Matthew 26, it's a great passage for you to read. Verse 31, then Jesus told him, this very night you will all fall away. You will all fall away. And Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I will never. Jesus says, truly I tell you, he answered, this very night, before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared. Can see what that means? He's correcting Jesus again. But he can't see it. He doesn't understand what's about to occur. Jesus, though, see, Jesus isn't just talking. Jesus is peering into his future, and he's prophesying over him. And he's saying, it's already been written, Peter. I see it, and you're correcting God. You idiot. <laughs> you but he doesn't stop. You know, I think it's funny because it's me. I do this, right? But Peter declared, "Even if I have to die, I will never disown." You know, all the other disciples with him. He's like, "If you got people that don't understand what you're saying, if you got kids that don't understand. Don't feel bad." Jesus spent three and a half years with his apostles, and none of them got what he was talking about. I tell you, communication is the hardest thing. Why? because you're geared to see what you, you... You can only see what your paradigm is. He's about to shift their paradigm. He didn't waste a single moment. It will make sense to them. It just didn't make sense yet. You know what it took to make sense? The wall. You know what God wants to use in your life? You want to know what the humbling process of God is all about? To change your life. There's a call, and there's a wall. And Peter's about to hit it. already has. That night, they come... Peter does just what he said he would do. Give him credit. The guards come to seize Jesus, and Peter doesn't go down without a fight. He pulls out his knife and whacks off the ear of the guard. I think maybe you need to a 5 foot Okay. Nobody thought that was funny. I thought it was hilarious. And you guys, they have him, you know exactly what I mean. Do I have a sight picture, or do I have a target? Uh, and so whacks his ear off. And Jesus was like, grabs it ear, puts it back on, and at that moment, Peter realized he understood where this was going. That's the first time it hit him. Oh, wait a minute. You don't want me to fight? You want me to be martyred? <laughs> You're going to die? You're going to let them take you? And you want them to let me take I'll go, but I'm going to go down with a fight. I'm not going there like this. And what did he do? He fled. He ran. He ran. That night, he followed Jesus from a distance. And it talks about him, and he goes from place to place looking at Jesus. And people come, and they say, hey, aren't you his follower? And he denied, aren't you his follower? And then finally this middle school girl, (laughs) scared the daylights out of him, right? Middle school girl. And and asked him, no, 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 I know it's you. And then he curses. I tell you what happens when you hit a wall in your life. You will say things that you never thought. Their words will come back to you. Right. I know everybody's looking real religious right now, but let me tell you something. I know. You've <laughs> got a microphone in your house. You've heard the language, right? You say all these nice things at church, but your kids know, right? I mean, your wife knows, right? Your husbands know. And those words just come out, and you're like, where did that come from? But it happens in these moments where you go back to an old lifestyle because it, what Jesus is saying here, you haven't become my disciple yet. You are. This is the process. You thought the call meant you're a disciple. No, it doesn't. The wall is where it starts. See, you you are his disciple, and now you hit a wall, and now what do you do? But God is using this in your life. And then verse 61, here's what happened. The Lord turned and looked at him. This is when he denied it the last time. So Jesus was at a distance going through all these trials and everything. And, and so this girl said this to him. And as he says it, it says the Lord turned to him and looked straight at Peter. I think that was piercing, wasn't it? As if Jesus was looking this way, and he and he turned and looked at him and he goes, "I know, all. I knew it." And then Peter remembered. Can you can you underline that? Peter remembered the word the Lord had spoken to him. Some of you guys, you can feel this. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside. You want you want to circle something? And he wept bitterly. I some of you guys have been right here. Crush. Crush. You see, there's a call, there's a wall, and number three, there's a fall. That's the three
1: points.
0: is one of my favorite movies. That's why I picked it. Hopefully it makes sense to you. I think it does. I think it I think, it, <laughs> I think that makes sense. Rocky, all done up because he didn't see it coming. All done up because he let, he let the world get inside him and He he wasn't fighting like he used to and he wasn't hungry like he used to and all those things. But he got knocked out. And you can't believe it. And this is why I put this picture because it's one that always reminds me. It goes, you didn't see it coming, but this guy knocked you out. And not only that, but you heard 10, you're out. And it's almost surreal. That can't be my life. That cannot be be my life. I'm not out. I'm supposed to be. I was called. Right? I I, I hit the wall, but I thought I'd get past it. I thought that would elevate me, but no, it doesn't. The final part in the process is this, is you fall. You're hurt. You're out. Some of you guys are right there. You know exactly what I'm talking about. You're like, what do I do with my life now? Peter's. Can I tell you what Peter did? Maybe the same thing you are. He went back to his old life. Jesus called him and said, come follow me. And he followed him all the way up. He hit the wall. That's fine. He fell. And once he fell and his heart shrank and he ran away and he didn't know what to do. And now he has betrayed Jesus. He ran away. Went back to the only thing he knew, fishing. I don't have a calling. I don't have anything. God can't use me anymore. I think there's some people that think that. Whatever happened to me, I know that's good for some people, but God can't use me. See, I fell. Well, you didn't know. Well, you didn't know that that's part of God's process. <laughs> not just in your life, that is God's process. If you read the stories of the Bible, you might not hear this all the time, right? I don't hear it all the time. I wish I had. The owner, what in the world am I doing down here? <laughs> right? What in the world did life knock me out? That's not what I heard. I heard the life of a Christian is supposed to be victorious, and there is no down. There's only up. See, when you get called, it's up and up and up. And then you hit a wall, and then you're like, where's God? You know what I mean? What happened here? And you're shaking, your faith is shaking to the core, and you didn't realize that it's God's process for truly using anyone that he's ever used. He's about to do something in your life the same as he does Peter is there, and here's what happens to Peter. If Peter is there when Jesus dies on the cross. He wasn't from a distance. He knew Jesus died. He wasn't there at the cross. He let him down. He wasn't there. He did not do what he said he was doing. He wasn't there. He shrunk. If you ever shrunk back from a fight as a man, you understand what I'm talking about. Never quite the same. People that shrink in combat, they never quite come back the same. He didn't come back. He was there at the resurrection when they said, hey, by the way, the tomb is rolled away. Remember the ladies came back, and they ran, and you know the first person that ran? Peter. You know who Jesus' number one disciple was? Peter. You know who he called first? Peter. You know who was the oldest? Peter. You know who wanted to get to that grave first? Peter. You know who got there first? John. Now I've heard it's told different from mine. Nobody says in the Bible that it's different than what I'm about to say, so my opinion is just as good as anybody's. (laughs) Peter didn't get there, didn't not get there first because he was old. Peter didn't get there first because he thought about it on the way. I can't
1: see Jesus. I want to. You ever had a friend like that? It's like, I want to, but we can't. There's this thing.
0: Jesus is on earth. And he's meeting with his disciples, and they never get that opportunity. And then one day, they're out fishing. He he's out back fishing, and the other disciples with him. And they're on a boat. And he sees them from the shore. And he jumps out, is what it says. Now he doesn't think. You know what I mean? I can relate to him in so many ways. He's not thinking. He jumps out of the boat and is swimming to shore. You know, you're like, well, what are you doing? He sees it's Jesus. He recognizes him, and he jumps out to go and meet him, and then it, he doesn't see him first. Though. What's up with that? Can I tell you why? Because on the way there, he realizes, oh, yeah, okay. that's my friend, but there's still a thing. That is my God, but there's a thing between us. We were close once, but we're not now, because, and it's my fault. I messed up, and I can't ever go back and undeny you. I can't ever go back and do what I did. I blasphemed against God. The one who knew him best, the one he depended on most, his inner circle. It, the, he was one of the 12. He was one of the three. And he may have been the top of the three. I don't know. comes on the beach, and they heat, And I think he fed off to himself. John 21, verse 15. When, when they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John. Do you love me? Do you love me? Oh, not just do you love me. Do you love me more than these? Got a little edge to it. You remember, right? You know those words, don't you, Peter? You you know, you see my nail pierced hands, right, Peter? Remember, Remember when you said, You'd never leave me. Remember when you said emphatically, you told me way back when I first told you I was going to the cross and you said that will never happen to you, Lord? You remember when Yeah. <laughs> you remember when you sat there and you said, If everybody denies you He, he knew. <laughs> he got the word. Yes, Lord, he said. I think he wasn't looking at Jesus. you know that I love you. Jesus said, "Feed my lambs." I see what the problem is here. Can you underline that "feed my lambs"? I don't think Peter heard, he heard it any more than when Jesus said, "Get behind me, Satan." Did he heard anything more than that? You know how I know? I'm very ADD, so I get it. I'm very selective listening. Anybody have that problem? <laughs> and you hear what you're geared to hear. See, you're geared, You're looking at the floor. And he's going, hey, I got something more, but he didn't hear it, just like you're not hearing it. God has a message for you today, and you're not hearing it. See, all you heard is that you love me, and you heard about your past, and you heard you're going to have to deal with this past before you can get to the future. You had not heard the future. So what does Jesus do? He goes on. Can I tell you something about Jesus? He's not mean. Can I tell you something about Jesus? He's not being sarcastic. I don't know how you took this. That is not him. He's not saying, see, I told you, you jerk not what he's doing. Please don't take it over. It isn't what he's doing to you either. Verse 16. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Underline that. And he answered, yes, Lord. You know I love you. I still think he wasn't looking at it, but that's just not. And he said, take care of my my sheep. Underline it. Verse 17. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Three times. That has some significance. Didn't you say you didn't know me three times? When I needed you most? And Peter was hurt. You see, feeling people are hurt when they let somebody down. And that's Peter. Big brothers are hurt when they let their little brothers down. You get the idea? And he's hurt because Jesus asked him a third time, do you love me? At this point he said, Lord, you know all things. You ever said that? No, I love you. I think you looked at him. You know I love you. And Jesus has been waiting for Peter to look at him this entire time. It might not have took him three times. I don't know. You know why it took three times? Because you were scared to death he was going to say it three times, weren't you? You were scared to death that Jesus was finally going to do what you knew he would do, which was, Peter, you're not good enough. Peter, you came from back there. That's your past, and you will never get past it. That's who you are. Go back to the ghetto because you can get you out of the ghetto, but you can't get the ghetto out of you. <laughs> you can get the drugs out. Of, you can get the drugs out, but you can't get the drugs out of you. You'll always be an alcoholic. You'll always be. You'll always be that person, Peter. It took three times for him to finally look at him, and he's saying, "You're not hearing the last part, Peter." Can I say what the last part is? the last part that God's trying to tell you. Oh, I know. I called you. I know. You messed up. You hit a wall, didn't you? I know. You're hurt because you fell. You didn't even know it was God's process. And today, God's here. This God is standing here, and he's saying this to you. He's saying, do you love me? You're not hearing anything else. All you're hearing is because why? Because you said all this stuff? Because you messed up? Because you don't think he can use you? And here's what he does for Peter. Jesus
1: I'm messed up I'm worse
0: I'm the same as Judas hello right Judas betrayed him Peter betrayed him I can't use, pay attention to what he says next Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hand and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Then he explains what that means. Verse 19, Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death which Peter would would glorify God. So you think that's a horrible thing. When you're old, you ain't going to go where you want to go. You know what's going to happen to you, Peter? They're going to take you and crucify you. Let me
1: tell you what it means. You know why they're
0: going to do that, Peter? That is the greatest thing anyone's ever said to another human being. He said, you you know why? If you go back and you read the words that he said before, when the time comes, here's what's going to happen to you. You you're gonna be you're gonna go and take up your cross and follow me. Remember when he said that? What good is it if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul? That's what he says later. Remember that part? That's what he says in that verse. He goes, Hey, it's not enough if, if you if you gain the entire world, but you lose your own soul, what good is it? Let me take some of the edge off. You're gonna lose this life anyway. Lose it on purpose, and I will give you eternal life which will go on forever. And he's saying, Peter, that's you. This is what he's peering into Peter's future, and he's saying, "This is how you're going to die." And here's what I want to tell you. Then he said, "Follow me. Follow me.
1: See my sheep." He's got an amazing purpose
0: for this guy's life. Let me tell you what goes. Let me tell you what Peter went on to do. Peter went on. Let me explain what he's saying here. He's saying, Peter, I want you to be in charge of the whole thing when I leave. Peter, I want you to lead the church. Peter, I want you to preach the message that starts the church. Let me tell you how the story goes. Peter, on the day of Pentecost, they go in after Jesus ascends back into heaven, and Peter gathers them, and they wait in an upper room. They wait. Peter don't wait. Peter jumps out of boats. Peter whacks off ears. Peter does everything but wait. But on the day of Pentecost, you know what Peter did? He waited for ten days. He didn't go out and preach. He didn't say, I can do this. You see what this process produces? He waited on God. For The first time in his life, and that day the power of the Holy Spirit came upon him and the rest of them, and he went out and he spoke the word of God boldly it says and three thousand people got saved that day, and that time. See God doesn't care about your shreds God doesn't care where you've been he can do if he can do it for Peter, he can do it for you if you've denied the Lord, he can still use you if you've messed up your life, he can still use. You. Here's what God can do.
1: That's what Jesus.
0: Did. Jesus, not you. You know why it takes so long? If you're trying to knock this wall down, you thought you could do it. You know what the wall's for? You know what the fall is for? You're gonna fall, and you got a couple choices. You can do like Peter, and you can fall on your face, or you can fall on your knees. Or you can do like me. You can fall on your face and then get up on your face. Finally hear what God has for you. You know why God allows that to happen in your life? Can I tell you? Can I tell you why God allows you to get knocked off your feet? Because if he didn't, you would think you could knock the wall down. If he moved it out of your way, you'd no longer trust in him. you say, oh, it's Peter. Oh, I can save you, Lord. Oh, I'll never deny you, Lord. You see, all these declarations, they're so stupid. You know who's not doing that? People that have hit the wall, you know what they're doing? They're falling on their knees before God. And when you fall on your knees before God, I can, I could I go through story after story. Peter's just one. Then he takes that person and uses them to start the greatest movement this world has ever known, called the church. Peter. He preached that message. He, is. he did a wall. He fell in his and he got up on his knees, and God finally. Moses, after 80-year process, can I tell you what happened to him? When they get to the Red Sea and everyone else is frantic and saying, let's go back to Egypt and where is God and why did God do this? Or let's go fight the Egyptians. Moses, you know what he does? He he goes, I know what to do. I'll part the Red Sea. No, he didn't. Do you think he thought of that? No. You know what he did? He fell on his knees before God. God parted the Red Sea. Do you want walls to fall down in your life? Embrace God's promise. And what God did in Peter's life, he can do in ours. And he will build his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. I think somebody might have
1: needed that today. Anybody saying to you? Father, there's one thing I don't like. I don't like to be humbled,
0: I don't like walls that hit me blindsided. I don't like any of that, but I do like what they produce. And I pray today, God, for the person that's in pain. I pray they know, Lord, we're not being condescending. I pray they know you're not being condescending. I pray, God, for the first time they realize that maybe God wants to use them even though they've 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 gotten knocked down. Maybe they've gotten knocked out. I pray we start to embrace the process you have. And when we do, Lord, I believe you're gonna knock down walls and believe. I believe you're going to use our lives in ways you cannot, we cannot even imagine. I believe you're going to use this church in ways. Lord, when we humble ourselves and pray and turn to you, I believe we're going to see, When we become your true disciples. Lord, I pray that all over this place today, Lord, that's what we're doing. And maybe for somebody, it might just be the original call to say, God, do you care about me? Even after everything I've done, he died on the cross for me, and he's calling me, and he wants to change my life. Pray, God, wherever we're at in this process, Lord, help us to embrace it. Help us to embrace you. And, God, maybe we'll start to learn that as we fall, we don't have to keep falling on our face. We'll fall on our
1: knees first. God, do that for us.
0: Do for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Guys, if you need prayer today, we'll be here for you after the service. For everybody else, God bless you. Have a great week.